Amen. Hey, uh, so good to have you here. Before you grab a seat, just want to pray for a few seconds. Uh, I'll tell you what, tonight, 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 can you bear with me for the next 20 to 30 minutes? Because I'm telling you, tonight, you can walk out a different person. You can, if you want. I'm telling you, I just started a new job, and I've been leaving early, coming home late, and you know, sometimes it's easy to let the cares of the week build up in our heart. We come to church, we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, go home, come in, go home and sleep. But I'm telling you, we let opportunities fly by. If you want God to move in your world tonight, the best way that you can go about things right now is to open your heart up nice and wide. For you to open your mind up nice and wide to Him. The best way to walk out the same as you walked in is to stand there and not care about it. But right now, right across this place, I want to open our hearts. Why don't we lift our hands? Why don't you close your eyes and let's call out to God. And let's open our hearts. God, we open our hearts to you right now. God, we declare this place a house of the Spirit of God. Right now, we are a church that believes in the presence of God. And Holy Spirit, we invite you in. God, we ask that you would come upon us right now. God, we lift you up. God, we enter your courts with praise. God, we enter your courts with praise right now. And God, we just say, have your way tonight, Lord. Stir our hearts. Right now, I declare hearts to be open to the Word of God. I declare the Word of God alive, sharper than a two-edged sword, living and active, ready to do its work in our hearts. Right now, God, we declare our minds open, God, to transformation, to renewal by the power of your Holy Spirit. Right now, I declare blind eyes open in this house tonight. I declare deaf ears open in this house tonight. And I declare, Holy Spirit, that you are going to move in this place. God, that you're pouring out your Spirit in this time, in this place. And God, we're open to it. God, we're hungry to it. For it. God, we're thirsty for it. God, we desire you more than anything else. Stir our hunger. Stir our appetite in this place tonight, God. Stir our hunger. Stir our thirst. Our hunger for you and the things of you in this place tonight. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Let's give the Lord one more hand. And uh, why don't you grab your seat right now. Hey, if you if those of you who don't know me, my name is Garth. And yeah, if I could just get Lisa to stay. Thank you, Lisa. That would be wonderful. The rest of you may be seated. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Garth. I'm the youth pastor here at C3 Tagra. Uh, why don't you stand up if you're in SG right now? If you're here, you're in SG, why don't you stand up? Let's give them a big hand. This is our amazing youth group, our youth team. And um, this on Friday nights, we'll have about 60 others uh, here, worshipping God, hungry for God. And I'm telling you, tonight, I want to share something that has been really, uh, I guess, stirring my heart and been the thing that's been driving me for probably over over a year now. And uh, I want to share a little bit about SG and what's going on, but I believe I've got a word for our church that is for now, this time. It's a now word for a now time. And uh, why don't you turn with me to the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, as I share, because you know what? Worship was great, right? And, you know, we got led really well. I'm telling you tonight, God's still got plenty of heat to give. God still has got plenty to turn up in this place. I don't know about you, but, you know, I came I came to this church in a season of, at the end of a season of revival, and, you know, church went for hours and hours, and, and it was amazing, and God was turning up, and, and God is here, and He's blessing our church, and He's building, but we're in a time where He wants us to be unsatisfied, with how much of Him we have. He wants us to be unsatisfied with the amount of the presence of God that is in our midst. I'm telling you, God 
has so much more to give out and to pour out on our church and on your life than what we currently are experiencing. And so tonight, I want you to catch something. If uh, you don't catch it, this is going to be a pretty boring message and it's going to be pretty useless. But I believe we've got hungry people in here. I believe we've got people who are ready for more of God. If you're looking for religion, you found the wrong place. You should probably have tried down the road. But if you're looking for an encounter, if you're looking for transformation, if you're looking for the presence of God, you found the right place. And uh, the best thing you can do is roll with it and be hungry for it tonight. And I uh, hope to encourage you about what God's doing at a time such as this, for a time such as right now. Uh, because, you know, SG is going off, uh, but that's not enough for the youth to be encountering God and encountering the presence of God. We need the church. We need the church to be encountering the presence of God in a mighty way. We need the leaders, the fathers, the older people, all the generations to come together and experience the presence of God together. And so let me read before I encourage you any more tonight. Why don't we read from 1 Kings 18, from verse 41. And it's the story of Elijah praying for rain. There's been a drought in the land. And it says this, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to drink, to eat and drink, But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing here, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds the wind rose, a heavy rain came on, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. I'm here to tell you tonight that I can hear the sound of a heavy rain. I'm here to tell you tonight that I can hear the sound of a heavy rain. And Elijah declared that. He said, I can hear the sound of heavy rain. And there was not a cloud in the sky. Because this is not something that we're sensing by our five senses. This is not something that we're sensing. If you are walking in the natural, Pastor Phil's been speaking so brilliant about that. If you're walking in the natural, if you're walking according to your five senses, you're missing out on what God's doing. And I want you to walk out of here hearing the sound of a heavy rain tonight. Because I'm telling you, we're not talking, I'm not talking, you know, we see a picture in the Old Testament of what God's doing in the new. We see the physical thing here. We see the spiritual thing in our time in the New Testament. And I'm not talking about a physical rain. I'm talking about a spiritual rain that God wants to pour out in a greater way right now. Well, at least start it right now. And he wants to pour it out in our nation, in our region, in our church, and upon your world. And... um. I want to share with you um, a prophecy that Pastor Julie was handed by one of our members. And she shared it with me after youth on Friday night. And it blew my world. It just, man, it just blew me away. Because it's exactly, exactly what we're sensing at SG. Exactly what we're sensing at SG. And uh, before I do, I I wonder if Pastor Julie can just come up. See, at the the, uh, last term, Pastor Julie sent me a text and said, Hey, I've got a word for the youth. I need to come. And you heard about it. She came and she, we had 12 young people receive Christ. We had a whole bunch of people turning to him, weeping, crying, experiencing God. People who have never cried before, crying. People who have never experienced God before, just blown away by what they've encountered. And Pastor Julie said, there's an awakening starting. And Pastor Julie, could you just come up for 30 seconds and, and tell us what, you, what that looks like, what you mean by that, and what you were sort of sensing at that time? 
Yeah, Pastor Phil and I have always been hungry for the more of God. Amen. And this church, this very church was birthed in revival. So we know what it feels like to be actually be picked up by God and be in a realm where you just don't even know what time of day it is in our church services. And people are saved and healed and delivered and there's no effort. It's just God. Lives are transformed. And how good we preach or how great we are what we do it's just god comes and it's a divine visitation and we've longed for more of that an awakening is different to that an awakening is when god comes and he first awakens his church from slumber from a place of complacency and apathy he awakens us to more of his spirit and then he begins at the same time to awaken the world And people begin, it's like the blindfolds are removed from their eyes and they see Jesus. It's like the the clouds over their minds are removed and they see Jesus. It's like they see their own sin and they come to repentance and no one's calling them to repentance. It's like in the supermarkets, they begin to fall on their knees and feel the presence of God. That is an awakening. And Pastor Phil and I were in in our lounge room a few months back and we had watched... Uh, a word from another great prophet who had said that there was an awakening starting in America. And we were so hungry that we just started to cry out to God on our lounge room floor and say, God, why is it always in America? Why not here? Why not now? Why not us? Don't overlook this nation, the great south land of the Holy Spirit, but come here, God. And as we began to, in our lounge room, we lifted our hands up, laying on the floor, crying out to God. God smashed us with an awakening anointing. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that we that an awakening had begun. And that week I came to youth and God I began to awaken the youth. And, I, and you'll tell them the stats of how many have been saved, but it's happening. High schools are waking up. The newsletters are talking about what's happening with the kids that are being turned around. It's begun. Amen? It's begun. But God responds to great hunger. You need to listen to what Garth is going to say to you tonight. Because I want to tell you this. This awakening is multi-generational. And I see three generations rising up together, totally awakened by God, totally filled with God, going out and changing the very face of this nation called Australia. Amen. Amen. Thanks very much, Pastor Julie. And so Pastor Julie hadn't heard people speaking like this, you know, around our this neck of the woods. And... Um, she passed on this email that is about a prophetic word from the year 2009, two years ago. And uh, it's from a man named Bob Jones. And we, I don't have the time to explain, but this guy is accurate, right, Pastor Julie? This guy can prophesy. He's 80 years old. And hopefully what I'm about to share with you will get the idea that this guy knows what he's talking about. And so Chris Harvey, who's been in our church, he, um, he got this, this sense to go up to Bob Jones's doorstep in the States, turn up on his doorstep. And so I'll read you some of uh, this word that Chris Harvey got when he was there. He says this, After receiving the word to go to his house in South Carolina in September 2009, I finally obeyed God as I was not in the habit of breaking protocol and just turning up at someone's residence, especially anointed servants of God. Check out what he said when he got there. Well, we arrived at Bob's residence 
and he told his wife to let my wife and I in because he'd been waiting for us. As I walked in, I said, I'm an evangelist from Australia. His response was, say no more. I already know that. God told me you were coming. Sit down and I'll do the talking. <laughs> Sit down. I, knew, I know who you are. This guy's just rocked up on his doorstep from Australia. He says this. He said, Australia is spiritually asleep and God was about to wake her up. If I said nothing else, catch that right there. I'm telling you, what we're experiencing right now is not the fullness of God. It's not the fullness of what God wants to pour out on our church. It's wonderful. We're doing a great job, but it's not the fullness. It's not as much as it's not like we've reached our limit. This is it. God wants to wake our nation up and may get him awake to the things of him, to the things of his kingdom. And he says this, um, he was at another church in another meeting and he says, uh, we had a powerful visitation of uh, Chris Harvey was at another conference before he went to Bob's house and he said, um, we had powerful visitation of God's love where everybody was weeping, including myself. Just before this move of the spirit, I felt like uh, something land behind me at the pulpit. It was sudden and frightening. I felt like it was a massive bird had landed behind me. I could not see anything but felt the wind and the presence. I thought it was an angel, but knew in my spirit for some reason it was an eagle. It seemed to have a wingspan of 40 feet, which came to mind when it happened. With no knowledge of me in these meetings, Bob looked at me and said, I have one question for you. How wide were the wings of the eagle that landed behind you at the pulpit on Rosh... How do I say Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, the, the um, Rosh Hashanah on the Hebrew New Year. He didn't know about it. He said, how big were the wings? I replied, I wasn't sure, but it seemed like 40 feet. He looked to the other men in the room at, the, at that time and said, see what I told you before they came in? He said, do you realize what these two things mean? No, I said. The number 40 speaks of one generation. Rosh Hashanah, uh, the Rosh Hashanah date has changed from 5,769 to 5,770. Then he asked me, do you know what happened in 69? I did not have a clue. He said, Woodstock, the rock and roll festival at Bethel, New York, he replied. Then he said, it's been 40 years since then until now, which is one generation. And he said, at this time, a whole generation of people were lost. And out of that, new mindsets came into the earth. But now, but now, God is about to do a new thing. There is going to start a spiritual Woodstock in Australia. He never gave me a date or a day, but he said it will come and the church will not be ready for it. The thrust of it will come out of free worship. It will go into the open fields because buildings will not be able to contain it. And at its peak, there will be a thousand a day first-time decisions. And it goes on, it goes on. This is the last great move of God spoken by Smith Wigglesworth. Then he gave me 1 Corinthians 16.9. For a great and effectual door is open to me, but there are, and there are many adversaries. I looked up the Greek, and it meant a mega door of the Spirit. There is a mega door of the Spirit open, and there are many adversaries trying to stop us from pushing through. Not but, and, there are many adversaries. And it doesn't mean... It's going to be a big problem. It just means we need to push through. It just needs me. We need to pursue. It just needs we need to break through. I asked how him how this move of God would take place because it was pretty tough in Australia. He said the true spirit, the spirit of the true repentance, would come upon the nation and the ministers, and they would begin to weep uncontrollably at their hearts um, as their hearts were melted under the compassion of God. Check this out. He said it would not happen straight away, but God would use me and many others to prepare the way. He said it would be it would get very dark in the world in this hour. It would get very dark in the world at this hour, but the church would shine like never before. Is the 
world pretty dark in this hour? That was two years ago. I'm telling you, I can hear the sound of a heavy rain. I can hear the sound of a heavy rain. God wants to pour out his spirit upon us in a way that we probably haven't seen for a decade. And it's just beginning. Let me tell you um, why, what I'm sensing, what I'm seeing that makes me hear the sound of a heavy rain, even though there's no clouds in the sky just yet. In um, 1 Kings 18, you know, just before the scripture that we went to, um, the, very, the very story that precedes this was Elijah on Mount Carmel. And if you know the story, Elijah throws out the gauntlet and he says, the people are, the people are backslidden and they're worshipping false gods. And he says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And he throws down the gauntlet and he does the sacrifices and God proves faithful and fire comes down on Elijah's sacrifice. And here the people declare this. At this, when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Right before Elijah heard the sound of a heavy rain, people turned back to God. People were starting to turn back to God. People were starting to repent. People were starting to follow another way, the way of God again. They were coming back to God. And directly after that is when he says, go, Ahab, go eat and drink for there is a sound of heavy rain. You know at SG, I see people turning to God in a massive way. Last week we had six young people come out, give their lives to Jesus. The week before we had five. The week before we had seven. The week before we had two. We had 20 young people giving their lives to Jesus right here in four weeks. And I'm not saying, I don't do an older call like this. Put your hand up if you want a free PlayStation 3 and receive Jesus. Put your hand up right now. You know, I'm not, I don't trick people. I don't trick people. I make it very clear. Do you know what you're doing right now? Because this is not the end of something. It's not like this isn't a magical formula. This is the start of a new life. This is you're turning from one way and you're walking in another. Do you understand that? And most of them are crying as they come to Jesus. Most of them are crying. We had, when I, I, sort of, I sort of preached on Friday night, but I got a whole bunch of people to share. And there was young people crying, saying, I've tried the way of the world. I've tried it. And it doesn't satisfy. Giving testimony to God, saying God's way is the only way. I had a young girl at the back. Just the minute I said, put your hand up if you want to receive Jesus tonight, hand was straight up. She comes out stands here and says, can I say something before I do? I was like, what do you want to say? And I checked. I said, yes, say that. She gets up. She's been here two times. It was the second time. She gets up here and she says, that message tonight was a perfect message for us. A year ago, I was full on for God. You You couldn't take me off track. But then the world got a hold of me. But then I thought I needed to try this and I needed to try that. But tonight, that word was perfect. That doesn't satisfy. That doesn't satisfy. I'm coming back to God tonight. I'm doing this tonight. Hands me the mic back, goes down, ready to recommit a life to Jesus Christ. We're not talking about people who are being tricked into things here. We've got a genuine heart of young people. I'll speak, I don't know if it was Haley or Cassie, speaking to one of them afterwards. They said, it doesn't feel like just a crowd drawing. It doesn't feel like just people turning up. It feels different. It feels real. It feels like something's going on here, that something really is starting to stir. And, you know, I, you know um, I, we had an SG team meeting 
here during the week. And I asked Lauren Patching to come up and pray. And she's praying, and all of a sudden she starts crying. She's praying for the youth and for the lost and for salvation. She starts crying. She gets a burden for the Lord. She gets a burden for the lost. And she starts crying in prayer. I don't remember the last time I saw someone do that. I don't remember the last time. I remember I was in here and people would be, I couldn't get out of church because people I got to lift with would be crying face down on the floor. Like, man, I want to get out of here. Come on, let's go over there being touched by God. All of a sudden, I'm seeing God start to burden people's hearts. Seeing God start to stir people's hearts to intercessory prayer, to um, standing in the gap for their friends, to standing in their gap for a generation. And um, I hear of other youth groups around the coast growing like never before i hear uh you know israel horton is it houghton houghton who comes to the base site the meeting at encounter life church and he's been all around the world and he says something significant's happening here on the central coast he's been everywhere he travels the world and he says wow something's going on here in the central coast something's happening here but i'm telling you church church we need to get hungry for god because it's all right for the youth to come here and be crying out and bringing their friends, getting saved, encountering God, being set free. But if the church isn't doing it, then it creates a few problems. Because as Pastor Julie was saying, this is a generational thing that God wants to do in, in our land, in our nation. It's a generational thing. The only reason some Israelites missed out on the promised land because they had no faith. Not because they were too old. because they didn't have any faith. But Joshua and Caleb went in because they had faith. And God needs Joshua and Caleb's, the older people, the generation who will actually get hungry for God, who will stir their hearts to see God move in our time. And, um, you know, I'll say this. There's another thing that needs to happen next. Because, you know, we had a great night with Pastor Julie and, and people got touched. And I was sort of like, huh, what now? Like, that's like, does that happen every week? Or, you know, what's sort of going on? But let me read to you the next part of this scripture. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Can I tell you, church, right now is not a time to eat and drink like the evil king Ahab. When God's about to pour out his spirit, it's not a time to eat and drink. It's not a time to let our appetite be fed on the things of the world. It's not time for us to kick back into the pleasures of life and say, I want a nice life because guess what? It's not the time we're heading into. If you want a nice life, you're going to miss out on the best thing that's going to happen in this place. God doesn't want you to have a just a nice life. He does, but he wants you to have an empowered, transformed life. And here's the thing. As long as we are wanting to eat and drink, see, I'll come to church maybe once a week, maybe once a fortnight, I might come to pre-service prayer. I'm not sure. It's, that's, an extra, that's an extra hour before church starts. And, you know, my time's pretty busy. And, uh, or, you know, uh, could I help serve at SG? Oh, really? Oh, that's, an, that's Friday night. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. But, goodness, God is doing such a significant thing in our time. I'm going to be a part of it. I don't want to miss out on this thing. Because I'm telling you, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. And the next thing we need to do to see it come. See, we can hear it when we see nothing, but to see it come in its full measure, we need to ascend the hill of the Lord. We need to ascend and meet with God. We need to put our face to the ground. We need to turn our hearts to Him again. 
We need to pray. We need to seek him. We need to turn towards him to bring the rain. Don't wait for the rain. Don't wait for the rain. Draw, draw the rain here. Draw it with your, with your hunger. Draw it with your thirst. Because I'm telling you, until we get thirsty and hungry for the presence of God, nothing's going to happen. Of that, I can be sure. Sometimes God might come in and just blow it all away and stir us up if he really wants to. But if we want it to happen and we want to be sure about it, all I need to say is this. You need to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God. You need to develop your appetite for God. It's too, too, some of us have been, spent too long just hungry, happy, being fed with the things of the world, being fed with TV, movies, work, family. But God is asking us to feed ourselves on the things of the Spirit, on His Word, on prayer, on worship, to stir our hearts, to get us happy, our hungry, to get us thirsty for Him. You know, I've, God's taken me through the, the past year where the only thing I can really think about is how hungry and thirsty I am for more of His Holy Spirit. The only thing. I remember I went through a season. I went through it, you know, probably more than a year ago. And God said, I just got so hungry. I was in my room. I said, God, I want more of your spirit. God, I'll do anything. And he said, I want you to fast. I said, anything but that, Lord. And, and I sort of brushed it off as the devil and went back to life. And then I found myself in my room, because I'm not much of a faster. <laughs> I don't do it very well. Or Pastor Phil, he'll fast like there's no tomorrow. Me, man, I struggle. Um, and a few months later, I found myself back in my room. God, I'm so hungry. I'm thirsty for you. i do anything. So I want you to fast. I'm like, oh, I just started going to the gym. I was getting massive. And it's like my protein and all that. You know, I was like, are you serious? God, like, I've since given up on that sort of thing. But um, not, not the muscle part, Ash, but the, you know, and Tash, but the, you know, the, you know, yeah. I was like, seriously, God. And I finally said, all right, I'm going to do it. And I did. I did my first three-day fast. And that was at the end of last year. And man, the things that God's opened to me now is just unbelievable. But he's continuing to stir my hunger and my thirst. More than anything, I just can't stop crying out, God, I'm hungry for you, I'm thirsty for you. God, more of your spirit. God, I'm not satisfied. God, we need more of you. God, come in a mighty way. Um, you know, I think one thing we need to... No, firstly, I'll say this. You got to get because you got to get the order right. See, God stirs, then we move, then He moves. God stirs, then we move, and then He moves. See, in Acts, He said, "Hey, wait, something's coming. It's going to be good." They said, "Yeah, great." He goes, "Wait in Jerusalem. Don't leave without it. Don't don't leave Jerusalem until you get it. Until you receive power from on high." And then what did they do? Did they sit around and hang out? No. It says in Acts one fourteen. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and the mother of Mary, the, Ma the Mary, mother of Jesus, and with all the brothers. And then there was the sound of a rushing wind, and the Spirit of God descended upon the people. See, uh, James 4.8 says, draw near to God, and then he'll draw near to you. Um, it says in 2 Chronicles 14.7, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then... I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. God calls us by name. Then we humble ourselves and pray. And then he comes and he forgives our sin and heals our land. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. God knocks, we open, he comes in. It's very important that we get this right. 2 Chronicles 16.9, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those who hearts are fully committed to him. 
You've got to get the right order. God will stir your heart. God will place a divine hunger in your heart if you stir it, if you feed it. I'm telling you what, if you want to feed the, the, your hunger, your appetite for God, you need to feed on the Word. You need to feed on prayer. You need to feed on the things of God. I was sharing at youth a few weeks ago, you know, when I was in my similar time of going to the gym. And, uh, you know, I was eating right and I was eating healthy and it was so good. And I, w- I drove past McDonald's. I didn't even want to touch the thing because I'd made, gone through a few weeks of just wanting to eat right. I'm eating, going to eat veggies. I'm going to miss out on that stuff and I'm going to do that. But then, but then, a few things. You finished late, had to go to Macca's, was the only thing open. And all of a sudden, my appetite started to crave the unhealthy stuff. If you feed, your star- if you feed yourself on the things of the world, you're going to crave it. You're going to crave it. But if you feed yourself on the things of God, you're going to crave the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I think now more than anything, and, you know, we're going to pray for a little bit in a little moment, but now is a time for us to ascend the hill of the Lord and to pray. There should be no such thing as an empty prayer meeting. That offer should not be big enough for our pre-service prayer meetings. It shouldn't be big enough. So here's the thing right now. You might not feel like praying. You might not feel like it. I think Jesus didn't feel like doing a fair few things for us either when he hung on a cross. We might not feel like it, but we need to make a decision that we're going to enter into the presence of God and we're going to pray. If you wait until you feel like praying before you pray, you are never going to pray. Can I tell you that right now? You'll never get around to it. If you wait till you're just so passionate about it, you're never going to do it. We need to be people now. I think now's a time for us to pray. And Pastor Julie, I think we will do that. I was thinking today, we're going to be here 7 a.m. on Friday mornings. And we're going to pray, even if it's just Pastor Julie and myself. But SG, if you can, if you can drive, if you can get a lift, I want you to come. And we're going to pray. Because here's the thing, Phil Pringle, I just happened, isn't it interesting the things you happen to pick up and read? He says this in his book, um, Inspired to Pray. Prayer is not an optional extra. Prayers are the lungs of the Spirit. Check this, the greatest spiritual awakenings of history have been born of prayer, no matter what continent on earth. We need to seek Him because we thirst for Him, not just because He might do something on our behalf. Do you love that? We need, to, we need to pray to seek Him just because we thirst for Him, not just because He might do something on our behalf. We, don't just, we're not, we shouldn't be crisis-driven Christians who pray to God when things go wrong. We should be Christians who hunger and thirst after the presence of God and we chase after it no matter if things are good, no matter if things are bad, no matter if things aren't going our way, no matter if things are going away, no, no matter if we're up or down, no matter whether it's hot or whether it's cold. Because the Bible says that that a Christian is like a leaf that is always green, that bears fruit in every season, no matter what's going on. But right now, I feel and I believe that it's time for our church to join together with our youth group and seek the presence of God. Because I hear the sound of a heavy rain, and I believe that God is going to bring a heavy rain to our church, to our region, to our nation. I honestly feel it. I wouldn't be standing up here making... This is not a message you just get just to give a message. 
This is something that lives within you. This is something that you sense. I think we need to listen to the, the prophets of our world, the Bob Joneses and the Pastor Julie Oldfields, and, and listen to what's stirring in our midst. Because I think we can be ready for this. I think we can actually help bring it on. But it's going to take people that want it, people that will actually step out and get it. And you know, it's not something that we're creating. It's not something that we're trying to conjure up just because we want it. It's, some, it's a God stirring that he's placing it in hearts of people all around this area. He's placing it in the hearts of young people and they're coming to him. He's placing it in the hearts of church leaders and things are happening. Presence Conference. Pastor Phil Pringle was sharing at the last staff meeting. He said, usually presence is done and then it's finished. He said, this is carrying on even now. The event, it, had, it wasn't an event, it started something. Because something has started in our time. And I'm telling you what, I can't make you get it. I can't make you do it. I can't say, come on, you have to come and do this. You've got to want it. You've got to want it. Even if you don't want it right now, you've got to stir yourself to want it. You've got to do whatever you can to want it. You've got to do whatever you need to, to get hungry for the presence of God in your life. You've got to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to stir it up. And this isn't a works thing. It's not a trying to please God thing. It's just a fact of you need to sometimes grab a hold of something. You sometimes need to take a stand for your life and say, you know what, right now I don't feel like this, but I know that this is on the brink. I know that this is going to come to pass and I want it. Even if I don't want it right now, I do want it. I sense it. I see it. I can feel it. I can sense it. And I'm going to go after it. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to be a part of it no matter what it takes. And so this is a journey we're going to go on together. And now is not the time to not turn up to church. Now is not the time to not pray. Now is not the time to go and seek this and seek that. Now is not the time to fix your eyes on the temporal things, to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin, to go and do what you want to do and just wait and say, one day I'll get there. No, now is the time. See, Elijah knew, even though he didn't see, he said, I sense it, I can hear it. Let me go and pray. I want to get it. I'm going to pray until I can see it. I'm going to pray until I can see it. And so tonight I want to pray for you in a short time. And you know what? You may be, you may be thirsty. You may be hungry. You may not be. But either way, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you if you're hungry for God, that God would fill you to overflowing, that he would continue to stir a divine hunger in your heart. If you're not, I want to pray for you especially because God can stir you up. He can place a divine hunger and thirst in your world that you haven't experienced for a while. I just want to, um, where are the Dan and guys, who's running, who's stepping up to run the SG, oh, well, youth down at C5? Is that like, who? who's here tonight for, that does that? Can you guys come out for a second? These guys are, um, give them a hand. They're from C3 Central Coast and are down with Pastor Chris Brown and um, what's your name again, sorry? Bell? Bell, yeah. Mel, 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 Mel. And um, I know you know Zach and Dan. Um, and so these guys are just transitioning into a time where they're, you know, they're our C3 family, they're our C3 brothers and sisters, and these guys are stepping up into leadership uh, at C3 Youth. And I just want to encourage you guys, I was praying about you guys before, and I was hoping you'd be here tonight. And can I tell you this? You've got to understand this. People think that young people just want to be entertained. Can I tell you, there's nothing further from the truth. Young people don't want our entertainment. They don't want our games, our fun, necessarily. Because if they're looking for that, they'll find something better elsewhere. Young people 
are stirring for a desire of God, for a thirst of God. They want the presence of God. Instead of trying to give them what the world can give them, give them something that they can't get anywhere else other than the house of God. And I just want to encourage you guys, when you step up into this next season, don't think about trying to to do what you think people want you to do. You need to lay the gospel out. You need to lay the encounter of God out. You need to lay the, the presence of God out and say, is this what you want? Do you want it? If you don't, then that's fine. Go somewhere else. But this is what we're offering here at C3 Youth. And so I just want to pray for you guys as you step into the ne- this next season. God, I thank you for them. God, we bless them. God, for stepping up and rising to the calling of God on their life. God, right now I pray you'd stir a divine hunger and a divine thirst in the young hearts right here. God, that you'd equip them, God, more than anything that they wouldn't be worried about if they're good enough or if they know this or if they know that or if they're ready. But God, one thing would take over their hearts, a thirst and a hunger for your presence, God. May they be carriers of your kingdom, carriers of your anointing, carriers of the Spirit of God. God, that they may give out to a lost and hurting community. God, that they would not try and and do things man's way. But God, that they would just run with the Holy Spirit. That they would offer something that cannot be found anywhere else other than the house of God. God, I pray you'd fill them up with your spirit afresh right now. God, you'd stir a spirit of worship in their hearts. God, you'd stir a spirit of prayer upon them. God, you'd stir a spirit of thirsting and hunger after you. God, a spirit of faith. God, a spirit that sees. God, I pray you'd open their eyes to see the young people of their area. God, you'd open their eyes to see, God, what it is you want them to do. God, what it is you want them to say. What it is you want them to take part of. God, I pray you'd fill them up fill them up to overflowing right now and equip them for their task, equip them for their role. God, I just declare blessing over C3 Central Coast. God, we pray for them. God, we bless them. God, we ask you to bring an influx into their youth group, an influx into their church. God, you'd pour out your spirit upon them. God, you'd bless, bless Pastor Chris and Ruth. God, as they lead and as they go forward, God, bless C3 Central Coast. Anoint them, Lord. Bless them for a new day. Fresh vision, fresh touch of your spirit in Jesus' name. And um, you know what? I'm going to pray. We're just going to pray for a bunch of people. First, first, I just want to give an opportunity to anyone who may be here for the first time saying, what on earth are you talking about, you freak? Because if you're here for the first time, you might be saying, what on earth is going on? Hey, because guess what? Get this right. We believe in a God who created the universe, who loves you so much beyond you can even imagine. He sent his son to die for you on a cross, that you may come into relationship with him. And that as you call on his name, you'll be saved. You'll be set free. You'll be set on a course. He's saying right now to some people, he's saying, don't follow the ways of the world anymore. You can't do it on your own. Follow me. Turn to me. Repentance is not a decision that you say, I believe in Jesus. It's a turning from one way to another. And I want to give a chance to anyone in here who hasn't done that to do that tonight. Why don't we all stand up right now? And I want every eye closed right across this place. And if you're here for the first time, if you're here and you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you haven't said, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I can't do this without you. God, I can't do it without you. I want to walk in your ways. Can I tell you, there's a battle for your world. There's a battle for your world between God and the devil. One wants to kill and destroy you. One wants to give you life and life in abundance. And so God here tonight is giving you a lifeline. He's giving you an opportunity to say, Jesus, give me life and life in abundance right now. God, forgive me. 
forgive me. So right now, with every eye closed across this place, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand and then put it down straight again and say, Garth, that's me. I want to be counted in that prayer. That's me. I want to, I want Jesus tonight. I haven't made a decision or maybe I've fallen away, but tonight is the night that I want to start walking in the ways of God, just like 20 youth have so far this year. Why don't you, if that's you, I'm literally, I'm going to pray for a whole bunch of people. So if that's you, you got like 15 seconds just to lift your hand say, Garth, that's me. Garth, I want to be counted in that. God, I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. I want to be connected to my God right now tonight. I'm going to give you five more seconds. I want to see that hand. If that's you, just lift your hand up and you can put it straight back down. I want to pray for you. I don't want you to leave here without it. I don't want you to leave here without that opportunity of having to say, Jesus, I yield to you. Jesus, I surrender to you. Jesus, I want to live for you. That's fine. If that's you and you're scared, then we're going to be praying for people. Just come down and let me know. Say, Garth, I do actually want to pray that prayer, but I haven't. I did, was a bit too scared before. Then come out. But right now, why don't we, you know, it's nothing better than, see, this altar... <laughs> We call this the altar. It's a bit of a weird name, isn't it? It just looks like a carpet. But an altar is a place where people meet with God. And there were times when people would just be out here on their face, kneeling before God. And the Bible says the fire of the altar should never burn out should never burn out. People should always be meeting with God. There should always be a divine connection between heaven and earth. So can you receive from God when you stand in your chair? Probably. But when you step out and you say, God, I'm going to fight for this thing. God, I want to stand. I want to step out for you. And you actually take a step and you move forward out of where you are, out of your comfort zone and declare to people around you, to God, that you are hungry, that you're thirsty for Him. I'm telling you what, something powerful can happen. So right now, I don't care if you're thirsty. I don't care if you're not thirsty. Why don't you come out and stand here and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for the Spirit of God to stir our hearts. We're going to pray that God would stir our hearts for the things of His Spirit again. God, we're going to turn to Him. We're going to turn our hearts to Him. We're going to say, God, forgive us of our prayerlessness. God, forgive us of our lack of hunger. God, forgive us. God, of not being so passionate for you. This may be everyone, it may be no one, but if it's you, I want you to come out. If you've done it at SG and you're hungry for God, I want you to come out and stand afresh. I want you to join us out here because God wants to move. He wants to unlock this place with the power of His Holy Spirit. And I might get Pastor Phil and Julie in a second. I might pray a prayer and then I'll get Pastor Phil to come up and, and help us and to guide us. But right now, Let's start to pray. Right now, why don't we start to pray? Because that's the first step. If we can't open our mouths and pray, we're in a world of trouble. So right now where you are, from the front to the back, to the left, to the right, I want you to start praying as we lift up the music. I want you to speak in the Holy Spirit. I want you to cry out to God in English. Whatever it is that you're praying in, I want you to start crying out. I want you to start